Hello, Thomas. Hello, Jason. How's it going? It's going good. It's a beautiful day. It's so nice. At Kitsilano Beach. Yeah. Lots of people. Fairly socially distanced. I think people are doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, good. that is a bit, I don't know, questionable. I think from afar it looks like everyone's close together. Right. But if you were to get close, it would be six feet. Okay. I think. <clears throat> ben benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. We have a few things that we've been talking about today. Mm -hmm. We might uh, intermix and, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes, as we always do. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think one thing we were just talking about, uh, and maybe this is one place that we can start, is you were saying how in the past you prioritized, like, strength, like, like physical strength, um, and I think that was maybe in the context of, like, rock climbing and, like, I don't know, just looking a certain way. And what you just shared with me is, like, it was sort of, like, unnecessary to be that strong. Like, there's no reason yeah. <laughs> to be that strong. And you even said it was a waste of time. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, a, a cycle that you fall into, I think, of, like, getting stronger and then wanting to be more still and lift, like, so then you lift heavier weights, then you gain more muscle, and then you lift heavier weights, and then you gain more muscle. Mm. And then you need to eat more to support that muscle. And then you need to work out for longer so that you can lift enough to build more muscle. And then you mm. eat more. So it's just like this cycle that takes more and more of your time and more and more of your energy. And what I'm realizing now is for what? Right. Like, why? Unless your goal is to lift weights, mm. like in a competition, there's no point in doing that to be super strong um, beyond what is necessary, I guess. Right. Like Enough to move a couch, though. Enough to move, <laughs> yeah. Like, if you can do daily functional things and not hurt yourself, I think that's the most important thing. Because mm -hmm. um, the, the only other reason right now that I can see, other than to, like, do competitions or something, the sport of being strong um, would be to look a certain way. And I think I've also just started to not care as much about that. Because mm. I've, I've always been fairly skinny. Mm. Um, and I kind of <clears throat> got like teased about it. I think in a joking way. Mm. But when you're young, even those joking teases yeah, have they an hurt, impact. They dig so deep. Yeah, because <laughs> then it's like sitting alone in the evening after maybe somebody made a passing comment as a joke in school. And then you're like, am I skinny? <laughs> like, am I too skinny? Like, do I, does my like chest look kind of funny in this one spot? Or right. something like, yeah. Um, so they have a bigger impact when you're trying to find out who you are. Mm. As you grow older, it becomes less meaningful, maybe because you know who you are, mm -hmm. or I don't know, whatever, <clears throat> whatever reason. But right. So yeah. So instead of doing that kind of stuff, I still think strength and like a certain level of fitness is important. So we've been doing yoga because mm. uh, that kind of puts you puts your body into unusual positions to build like core strength mm -hmm. at the foundation and then yeah like stamina sometimes in positions or make yourself bend in weird ways mm. and if it's if if the only reason is that when I'm 60 and go to pick up a heavy box I don't hurt my back like that's good enough reason I think mm. to do that now and create that habit mm. yeah like the the practice of yoga now is like long-term yeah flexibility for your entire life Flex or? yeah yeah like and not even flexibility totally because i know people do yoga for flexibility mm. and that's definitely why i started mm. and it's definitely one of the reasons i continue but mm. starting to acknowledge that it is so much more it's like this lifestyle of self-care mm. and um, mobility i think is the most important thing mm. keeping like your your body vessel functioning as it should for as long as you possibly can. Right. Um, and also, there's such an emphasis on breathing and mindfulness mm. that it also keeps your brain healthy. Right. Um, in ways that we don't talk about. I actually had, there's a Buddhist temple in Chilliwack where mm. we grew up. Mm -hmm. And I went there a few times as a kid. It was pretty cool. The 
head, like the main sister there would talk about how we're taught so much in school to do math and science and read books and develop like our intelligence, but we never sit quietly for eight hours, like the same length a school day would be, and focus on emotional well-being and mm. uh, the health of the brain. Mm. So yeah, we talk about physical well-being and intellectual well-being, but never like spiritual well-being, I guess mm. she's getting at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think yoga is a good introduction to that. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. My um, meditation app says something similar about like, you know, we go to the gym to work out our muscles, but we never like work out our brain yeah. or like check in with our brain or yeah. whatever it is. Like, and that's meditation, right? Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, that's like, pretty much what she said. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I like what you said there about this practice of self-care self -care and having this emphasis on like mobility especially like long-term mobility um and um i mean again uh another thing that you said that like piqued my interest was this idea that spending your time on like developing these muscles or like developing these muscles was a waste of time like how how do you decide what's a good use of your time mm. um, so I guess like one way there, I think there are multiple there's no like one way to decide one of them would be more of a utilitarian function which would be like the muscle example mm -hmm. like the only reason to build muscle would be to build more muscle so that doesn't have a real utility mm. it's self-fulfilling but like working on mobility and stretching definitely has a function in just keeping your body from breaking down. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like you have to use it, otherwise you can lose it. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, utility is one way. I think the other elements we talked about, like some sort of spiritual or intellectual fulfillment that mm -hmm. you get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, like for example, like skill toys, like yo-yos or these little like finger slings they're called Big Larry I think they're all these like little little things they're like the equivalents in my mind of physical Sudoku okay right? like you do Sudoku and um, word searches and Scrabble games and stuff like that to work out your mind and keep it fresh uh, crosswords especially right and then you can do like little skill toys or things to keep your coordination and reflexes fresh mm. Um, and all, all, they also always keep you in a state of learning, mm. which is another very useful thing, I think, when you're growing older. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much I should be considering these things now, but I don't think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I guess, okay, so, uh, seeding that question, uh, I, I also wanted to ask uh, a, a big... Con I also wanted to set up a bigger conversation that we were having earlier mm. around all your um, kind of your revelations you're learning a lot You what was the book that you just read? Uh, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo Okay, right, White Fragility and um, yeah, you're just telling me about your learnings about like yeah, just understanding the term racism and how that's like so yeah, just widespread through our reality yeah. um, and I guess I mean this is something that you're also like mm, yeah I mean you've identified as it's valuable it's important to learn about right now um, yeah I don't know like what do you like what is pushing you to like why is it important for you right now mm, um, okay I'm gonna rewind too much to explain like everything yeah <laughs> no please do so something i've been reconsidering lately is my we'll call it existential breakdown of grade 12 11 ish time. ah this is good content Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> which you know i later learned is something a lot of um especially boys for whatever reason go through as they're kind of in their ending their teenage lives and going into adulthood they start to question everything, like, what's the point of it all? Um, and 
I think I also had the privilege to question those things because you know not everyone has the place where they can be in education or life and like have free time and the emotional and mental energy to question these things. So I acknowledge that mm. not everyone gets to do that, and I'm very lucky to have done that. But so anyway, I was questioning the meaning of life and the point of everything, and I think in a similar way that Descartes, we kind of learned about Descartes. Um, at that point, went through everything he knew to be true and questioned it. And if there was any seed of doubt that could be connected to it, he would discredit it as being a truth. Mm. So I obviously didn't go through everything that mm. I knew because um, I'm not a philosopher in the 1600s, but <laughs> I didn't have Who that is? much time. <laughs> Who is these days? <laughs> um, but I think I categorized things. Like, okay, think about school or like what I've been taught in school everything in the English class like okay language how can you say language is like a truth right it's obviously constructed there are different languages I think mm. that itself proves the point that languages can be mani manipulated and changed and mm. okay so that that's not real that's not something that's true and constant forever mm. right so I, I kind of went through all these different categories and eventually found that nothing really was true in a way that could survive Eternity. Okay. Um, so, it's like, where do you go from there? Well, you contemplate the meaning of suicide. That's where you go from there. <laughs> but you then have a choice to make, um, suicide or not. And I think most people don't go suicide when, when they follow that train of thought because it's more of like an intellectual look at suicide mm. rather than emotionally wanting to commit suicide. So... Mm. You see, okay, I don't want to kill myself. Like, there is still, like, it's, it's, you're still living. You still are in life. Mm. So, okay, so we're going to continue. But on what grounds? When, you, when you've just gone through the whole process of taking apart everything that you thought to be true, wh what do you do? So you start to choose what you want to believe in and what values you want to uphold, mm. right? Um, so I think as I... I, di I didn't recognize that at the point, but from that period on I was then learning about all these new things through college and after college and you start to make decisions about ones that you want to hold true to yourself mm. um, and which ones you don't so I guess bringing it back the idea that white people should not be dominant in any means like there's no reason for that mm. in a world um, that is something I choose to believe now Mm -hmm. and it's something that I'm now trying to make an effort to learn more about and learn about the ways in which that has been perpetuated uh, and learn about the ways in which it can be undone um, yeah but I think it's just like a value I've chosen to have now mm. that's important yeah because it's kind of nice when you when you give yourself a blank slate and then you can build build yourself from there and it's not an immediate process and it's still go ongoing but yeah so like yoga and mobility and uh, spiritual health intellectual health um, being a good like citizen in society like earth society not necessarily even like Vancouver society but just like mm. being a good earth citizen mm -hmm. um, so like environmentalism mm. yeah there's, and all of these things in themselves can take a lifetime to truly understand right but that's okay and it's just taking which seeds you want to grow, like plant mm -hmm. and allow to grow um, to create who you're going to be because right. you're always creating who you are right there's no yeah. like I am this it's like I am in the process of always becoming right so you, you get to choose and, you, and at any point it's also okay to take out a seed and replant something new mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which a lot of people have a, have a hard time with right. if they hold a belief like they think that's like the roots are too deep it's like no right. they're not you can you're mm -hmm. not losing anything by changing that. Like, right. Because you're not you, right? You don't lose you by changing a belief. Mm-hmm. You just change the direction of you. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, not that I'm a gardener, but, like, you are, like, the composition. Like, a garden in and of itself isn't just one plant. Mm. It's, like, the collection of plants. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes there's kale. Sometimes there's broccoli sometimes there's fennel mm -hmm. but like taking a step back the garden is still the garden um, 
Mm-hmm. And it's always and, going through different phases. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. The seasons and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's a good method. And I think uh, sometimes, yeah, you just, like, decide, okay, I don't want kale anymore. You know, let's take that out. Um, uh, let's plant something new. Let's just try that out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree, definitely, you know, sometimes you hold on to... I've always grown kale. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, that speaks to, um, I think that's a cool quality to have of um, the preparedness for taking something new on. And, um, yeah, like just looking out into the unknown and being like, oh, I'm not scared about this. I'm like, ready to take this adventure on and have the adventure mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah it's it's like choosing choosing to have your life right mm. um, and what which direction it's going to go and not just kind of like sitting back and letting things happen to you mm. um, yeah 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 because I, I still think it yeah just comes back to that point in my life where I had to make a choice not actually I wasn't going to kill myself like I, I can't say that, especially knowing the real um, mental health uh, issues that happen in society and to people. Like, I wasn't there, so I, I won't mm. claim that I was. But, like, intellectually, I claim... I choose not claim. I, I choose to have my life. Mm. So, yeah, I can build it from there how I want. It's like you mm. take control almost. Right. Like... Um to try to squeeze out one more use of this metaphor it's like not letting just the weeds grow in yeah. but like you're like intentionally making decisions and like yeah. committing yourself to cauliflower and like like making that decision you're like gonna defend that decision too so like if weeds do come if slugs do come mm-hmm. then it's like no I'm gonna like protect this part that I've like tried to commit to um, I think there's something to be said to like yeah, take ownership of your own life, and yeah. I think it's even just choosing to plant the garden. Mm. Like, because some people might not see their garden, and like weeds will overtake it, right? And then at a certain point, it might feel like too much to try to take control of it. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So very fortunate to have had the teachers um, who led me into these thought patterns and made me question all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, to lead me to this point I think hmm okay yeah it's so um, yeah it doesn't sound like an easy practice no and like I, I, I'm not always consciously doing it or claiming to be good at it but mm-hmm. um, and it's like I don't articulate this thought to myself all the time when making decisions about what I'm going to be doing with my life but I think it's just that idea of you get to choose what you put in and cultivate mm-hmm. within yourself and it's okay to change those things. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes something that I get caught up in is like uh, yeah, just being embarrassed by like, wow, I've already spent so much time doing this or like you, like I've let myself get invested in this. Um, mm. But then you like sit back and you realize like wow this was stupid like this wasn't serving me this whole time I think that's why I'm passionate about like um, when you you read a book that's boring like it's important to just put it down and like Uh, move on to a new book (laughs) like I think uh, like you know sometimes you made this commitment of like oh I'm gonna read this book I'm gonna put in effort I'm gonna try and if you realize the book's just bad, I think, you know, sometimes you, like, like you want to push through and be like, oh, like, you know, I have to, I have to finish what I started. I have to, I have to do this. But, like, do you? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was going to read Anna Karenina. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> you know how many pages I got through? 24. 24, nice. <laughs> oh, it's so dryly written. Or translated, I guess. But, yeah, but it's, uh, that one, I, like, I know it's not a bad book. 
because why would it still be in existence and everyone's saying it's so great mm-hmm. but it's like okay maybe this isn't the time in my life to read it I'm going to put mm-hmm. it down for now mm-hmm. but I've read like three other books since mm-hmm. so it was better because mm-hmm. otherwise if, if I would have had that mindset which I used to a lot of like oh no I gotta push through and finish this thing I started mm-hmm. I wouldn't have read anything else right and I wouldn't be reading at all because I still wouldn't have read Anna Karina <laughs> <laughs> I just would not have allowed page 26 <laughs> yeah I would not have allowed myself to do anything else because my mindset would have been like oh I have to do this first mm-hmm. and it like stunts you mm-hmm. I have an example of um, uh, a plant that I've been uprooting I think and uh, trying to replant or at least have room for other plants mm. and I think I've talked to you about this before which is the the thought the assumption that I would have kids mm. right and similarly to how I'm now reading about all these things where all these assumed beliefs I had kind of come from being white in a white society mm. and just being shown all these images and kind of being forced to think a certain way and to mm. fall within this like white supremacy mm. um, it's almost like this some people come from a religion religious background so it might be like a religious suppression of their beliefs not for me but I, I don't think like I was far out of that so mm-hmm. it's, it's like this belief that I will have kids because that's your job right it's like human's job right. is to have kids <laughs> um, but it's not <laughs> like at least not anymore right because there are too many people. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's like pur- my purpose in life is not to have kids. When that was my assumption for a long time, right. I had assumed, because of something somebody close to me had said, uh, that you don't gain meaning in your life until you create new life. Mm. But I don't think that's necessary anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to planting your own garden then. It's like you're not just waiting for that one weed to come in. Not that having kids is weeds, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're not just waiting for that one thing to happen to then control the rest of your life. It's like, no, you don't... It's not necessary. It can still happen. If you want it to happen, that's great. Yeah. Um, But just because it has happened before and to people close to you does not mean it has to happen to you as well. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big one because that that was such a blind spot, I think, for Mm. me growing up. It's just seeing... Because you grew up with your parents, right? And your parents had kids. They had you. They created you. <laughs> so that's the first one. But then also your friends. And then their parents had you. So especially growing, growing up in like a suburban neighborhood, mm. everything is family-centric. Right. And so you think that's what you go for. You mm-hmm. go for the house and you go for the family and you go for the kids. Yes. That does not be the way it is. Right. right. Mm. Yeah. That's, so that's been a big practice for me of uh, changing those views or those assumptions, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think I, I wanted to bring up this point earlier, um, but I'm just reminded of it again of like um, like the, the never-ending cycle mm. of it. Of um, like I think, I think the idea is if you let external influences like tell you what it is that you want, you are never going to escape that because you you'll have been trained to only chase after what other people have told you. Um, So, I mean, in this example of, like, gaining muscles to be strong, to, like, win this competition, and then there will be someone else who is out there stronger than you, so, like, you'll never... Like, there's no winning in that competition. Um, I'm also also reminded of, like, like the new iPhone, or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I think, um, like, just consumerist um, ideas of what is what it is that you think you should own Mm -hmm. um, and how there's no like quote unquote objective correctness about what it is that you own like what yeah well like what are the correct objects to acquire yeah but uh, I think we trick ourselves into that storyline of like you need Nike shoes, a Honda Fit, uh, you know, this um, this brand of Arcteryx jacket. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, that, that storyline will just continue forever mm-hmm. because it is somebody's job out there. Literally, they get paid 
to trick you into thinking that you need to acquire more things yeah. because like that's how you know their company is sponsoring them so it's like yeah I think humans are very vulnerable mm -hmm. and if you let yourself I guess be taken by those like I think at a certain point yeah it's just like you you're, you're letting the like current take you of like ah yes mm. I will I will gladly follow until yeah. <laughs> until forever. But you are never going to, um, yeah, I guess be in control of your own life. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so I guess that started with the shopping what to buy, but also thinking about like, okay, what are their correct activities to do? You know, I, I I think I sometimes think of the like the sitcom mom who just joined the book club and is like reading the book inner minivan on the way to the book club <laughs> like I think there's this uh, yeah just this caricature of why am I even in this stupid book club right. <laughs> but um, I'm like socially obligated or I think it's cool to be in a book club or whatever it is um, yeah the, what you said about you just do it until you die I've kind of been thinking about that too like you gotta think about the end of this all because if you don't you're gonna not make the choices that you necessarily really want. Mm. Um, yeah, like if you just follow, like, gotta get the new iPod, and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> what was it for? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the nice thing about choosing what you do. Like mm. I also think it's fair. Like if you if you do realize that you are being like sold all these images and products, and you decide that okay, in my life. I'm doing this and this device will help me in this way achieve this that's mm. more important or something like mm. so I, I want to buy this not like if you consciously buy something for a reason mm. that's good right. or that's that's not saying it's good it's okay it's fine mm. like you don't have to go completely anti-consumerist mm -hmm. which would appall 17 year old Thomas to hear <laughs> what? you're not going all in on an ideal and just dropping everything else? no yeah no it's okay to have a middle ground um, yeah mm. so that's okay um, have you had any points in your life recently or not recently where you have seen the cycle of uh, something that is just assumed you will do or are supposed to do and then decided not to do that or break out of it? Hmm. That's a good question. I think maybe it started with, um, okay, I don't know if this is exactly answers your question, but it's the first thing I thought about. It's with my, my job right now and um, getting my, like, as an engineer, expected to get this professional engineering designation um, and for me recently like it didn't go through mm. like I was just on this track of I graduate and then I work for four years and then you fill out this piece of paperwork and then they give you this and then um, uh, yeah like they give you this and then you just continue with your career and then at a certain point like for me like you know I'll retire at 55 like I'll have a pension like yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like <laughs> you did it <laughs> um so I think when yeah my PNG didn't go through um and basically they start like in the interview so in this interview they like call you in and they're like hey you know like just tell us about your experience and then we'll ask you questions so the guy like lets me talk for like 15 20 minutes and then he's like jason can i ask you a question why do you want your png you don't need your png and i'm like oh great thanks guy <laughs> like can i just leave now like is this interview <laughs> over like you know clearly i'm not gonna get it at this point um so uh, yeah um I realized, like, I was very much on this track. Like, it was my supervisors pushing me, like, in order to get your career growth, you need this thing, and, mm -hmm. like, it's this bureaucratic um, stepping stone. Um, That's probably what, like, all engineers do. Like, you go to school, and then you work, and then you do get this thing to get a mm, better job. For sure, right? yeah. And I think, so, it definitely pushed me to reflect a lot on, like, what I like about my job, what I don't like about my job, do I see myself, like, doing something similar for, yeah, the rest of my life? 
Um, At least like 30 years. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like I think um, I think I was a bit on this like I think earlier you used the word blind spot. Like for mm. me, it was a bit of this like yeah, just this comforting like cloud. Yeah. That like I was just walking through. I didn't really know what was through the other side of this cloud, but everyone else is walking through this cloud. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that was a part of it. Um, and I mean, so what I heard back from this PN was okay, it's not going to go through. Um, especially with the experience that you have right now, basically you need to find another job um, in order... You need to find another job, work there for a few more years, then we'll consider you. So then that was for me like a bit of a reset of, oh, okay, shoot, like I need to find another job. I like my job right now. Like this plant is very well established. Like it's um, a lot of my life is um, set up around this plant a bit. and uh, telling, so then I was then turning around telling my parents this about, hey, I need to find a new job. And initially they weren't very supportive at all. No. They're like, what, Jason? Like, your job's really good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you got so much from it. Why did you leave it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that was hard for me to hear a bit because, mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, there was other things going on. And uh, I, I think I've since... Now that I have some distance from it, I think I, I can see, like, what areas they were correct and what areas I don't necessarily agree with. But, um, yeah, just through this process, I started thinking, like, okay, well, if I'm not working at this company for the next 30 years, maybe I'm working at this company. Do I even want to be an engineer? Like, yeah. you know, I, I like this part of my job, and I like communicating with this. And um, yesterday, I went on a hike with my friend Jory, Shout out to Jory. Um, and she, while she graduated with an engineering degree, she kind of just like, I don't want to say gave it all up, but her and her partner moved to Hazleton, which is like really, like northern BC. It's like mm. by Smithers, right. Prince George. Um, she teaches high school math. Um, yeah, I mean, had to jump through a bunch of hurdles, but like, it sounds like she's really enjoying it. And like, yeah, it's just really meaningful for her to work with, um, yeah, in this school that's underfunded, that she says, like, although she's, tech, she's like, teaching grade 10, grade 11 math, honestly, some of her students come in, like, having trouble with fractions and, like, just the, yeah, like, what the expectation of education looks like for them is, like, quite different especially leaving like a university educated mm, like yeah. you know everyone has all 90s through high school yeah. right um so it's just uh yeah it's an interesting i don't know if it's a reality check but just like a perspective switch that there's more to life out there yeah. other than like what you immediately know yeah um so i think yeah like i i don't know if i've decided on that's what I want to do but I think hearing stories like this yeah. is just a good way of saying like everything that I've been told could also be wrong yeah that's true <laughs> yeah it's hard to decide what you actually want to do though mm-hmm. once you realize that um, another one that has been questioned lately Katie and I shout out to Katie <laughs> has been have been watching these tiny hosts shows oh, on YouTube okay you've heard about these <laughs> yeah so they're like, there's so much red tape, and it's like basically not legal to have them unless they are an addition to a full size house mm-hmm. in like the North America. So it's based in like New Zealand and Australia and some in the UK, but um, so yeah, it's not like a practical dream at this moment for here. But the idea is that you can have a house that's under 400 square feet designed beautifully, you can have nice things in there but you just have less, mm. right? Like, you don't need all these rooms that have all this empty space that you don't use. Um, you just have this small home that has your essentials and is laid out so well to have it all in a clean way. And then you're so much more free from, like, things and also cost is so much lower. Mm. Um, it's like, you, if, you, if you could pay off your living space in, like, five years, 
and not have to work that much, yeah. why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> it seems like such a good deal. So it's like even questioning the whole, like you have to have a job in life. Mm. Or at least like a full-time career, right? Yeah. To be meaningful. Maybe society won't, fe- won't find you important because you're not like contributing in the traditional way mm. with a career and buying a house and giving kids. Yes. But like you could be so much happier when you fully thought out what you want and then achieve those things. Mm. Like man, yeah, being able to live even like semi off the grid or something, like not have to pay for electricity or something and even give back with the electricity you make because you have a tiny area. Mm. Um, so you don't have to worry about those costs or those impacts on the environment. And then just have five days a week to do kind of what you want and you have like you have like a weekend work week right like two or three days of working a week and then the rest of it doing whatever whatever you want (laughs) it sounds so nice and like why can't that be the norm right yeah so much question (laughs) I didn't think I'd be questioning this much at 26 yeah um Dwayne uh, is uh, actively like uh, he was like researching trailers in mm. which to build his own tiny home nice so uh, in the future you should talk to Dwayne about yeah. uh, tiny home thoughts <laughs> that's great yeah um, yeah no it's uh, it's weird to think about that there are many different ways to mm-hmm. live life yeah um, and even even just being aware of them and then like still choosing to get a you know university education get a good career job get married have kids retire somewhere between 55 and 65 go traveling after and die like if you choose that power to you Mm. because you chose it Mm -hmm. as long as you don't just kind of like blindly get sucked into that I think right yeah um earlier another thing that we were mentioning earlier before we started was uh, how uh, you have this like you have this goal to um, get into a master's program Mm -hmm. and um, as a part of that goal I mean you are introduced to this framework of like mapping out the goal setting up like tasks you need to do um, setting up rewards Mm -hmm. associated with that and I think the question I asked was like like, do you, does that change the, does that change how you see the end result by going through it? Um, and I guess I asked that by, because I think there, it is, it brings in an element of, like, intentionality. Mm. So everything you do? Yeah. yeah. I don't have, a, I don't know, there's a question in there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have just said that it. For me, it's beneficial to lay everything out in steps and attach rewards to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the intention, but more for the timeline to mm. give yourself deadlines mm. to do these things. Because I know in my head when applications are due, mm-hmm. but if I don't break down from now until then into smaller chunks, like it's going to be a week before, and I'm be like, oh crap, I need right. to do all this stuff because mm. it's due next week. I just think. People in general have a hard time conceptualizing long periods of time mm-hmm. within themselves. Right. So that's why, like, writing things out right. and making lists is so helpful for so many people. Um, yeah. So it's like, I accept that I cannot plan and, like, be responsible for all of these mm. things I have to do before that date. So, yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's map it out. Um, I, I guess maybe the question... Um, I guess when I heard that, what I what I recognized was the amount of like strategy that I think you were applying to the problem Mm -hmm. and I guess maybe the question is you know with the other areas of life like there's an opportunity for more strategy and more Mm -hmm. intention yeah Um, and I guess to me that's just interesting again I don't really have a, a, a question per se but for me, I think, yeah, like, you know, in high school, you always hear, oh, yeah, you know, set goals, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
and I think maybe we had a core like planning 10 yeah. where they sort of say like this is what a smart goal looks like yeah. but even then you still don't really know no. it's not until yeah so I think when when as you were describing that uh, you know kind of the practice that you were going down of like setting up rewards and um, it was just uh, it gave me a deeper a more enriched understanding of like what like life strategy looks like like mm-hmm. what being strategic about how you go go about life mm-hmm. yeah it was just um, anyways yeah you can definitely apply it to other aspects of your life I think mm-hmm. you can like a recent example I think in my life was like I began investing in stocks mm. that's something that I never imagined I would even be interested in mm. let alone do um, but after learning a bit about it and reading some books about it kind of like laid out a plan and executed it throughout this year and it happened like I now have this like investment portfolio which who has (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I would Um, so that's just one example but yeah I think like if you want something like let's say I wanted to go for a tiny home like Mm. you could definitely lay out Mm. a year and a half or something or a year plan Mm. with all the steps and like do the research first like you always need to research to learn what has to be done but then yeah you can lay it out and set dates and even if those aren't held because you know unforeseen circumstances happen um, that's okay you can always adjust as you go but yeah you'll it'll be better than just going oh it'd be great one day to have a tiny home oh and then then you're like 45 you're like it'd be great one day to have a tiny home wouldn't it be great to downsize and have a tiny home now yeah you could have done yeah just gonna like make things tangible but I also think you have to want these things too mm. you're not going to put in that amount of effort into something that you feel lukewarm about mm. so again that goes back to actually knowing what you want to do and what plants you want in your garden mm. and then maybe you want a full grown maple tree you're going to mm. need some plans <laughs> to get that in there um, yeah yeah you're going to have to make some cuts make some cuts somewhere else yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah so yeah it's just just coming back to that whole mindfulness, I guess. The yoga kind of brought that up in the beginning, but mm. mindfulness about what you want in your life and how you want to live your life. Because mm. it'll end someday. and like It'll end someday. You know? If you have to imagine, if you were able to look back on it, be like, was that good? Was that what I wanted to do? Mm. With nobody else's influence. Um, right. Just like yourself. Like, was that worth it for me? Hmm. So it's kind of funny in high school when we were in grade 10 or 11 must have been 10 because it was my sister's graduation and uh, somebody we both know Lewin was giving the commencement speech I think that's what it's called valedictorian speech I don't know one of those um, but I remember he had like written it out he was at a point in his life where he was trying to make it sound like super fancy big words and all this stuff but he had this line at the end that apparently he butchered but the idea was like what do you want written on your tombstone? Mm. Um, I don't know. That line or that that concept has always stuck with me. Um, also, because I live right by a cemetery, <laughs> so I, I walk through there quite often, and yeah. you just see someone so's name mm. or even initials. You don't even know their full name, like husband, father, and friend. Mm. It's like that's what you're known for. <laughs> like that's what everybody here is known for. I don't know. I don't know what else you put on a tombstone, but it seems kind of like that's just kind of what you do. But metaphorical tombstone. What do you want to be right. remembered for? But so I almost like at the same time, like that's kind of almost all I want. Like be a good person, right? Yeah. Um, I I think yeah. When when that question's posed to me. Um, I, I think like a how like um, how high school Jason would have responded to that was with more like achievement based ideas like oh made it to the moon published own book yeah. you know like owned own small business right like I think um, there's kind of like yeah like m- m- quote unquote like milestone destination type ideas. Mm-hmm. 
whereas um, I think what like being a good friend or being a good husband or being a good like father looks like is there's that's like a every single day you need to be doing those mm -hmm. I think what I would like push more for then is is to change the word good because mm. um, I, I mean I didn't even say good in the original one so mm. it's nice you added that <laughs> just that people have like father brother adequate yeah husband it's like no descriptor just that's what they were we're not going to talk about it but like yeah to say good friend but can you actually explain what that looks like and maybe some more descriptive words on like how you want to affect others as a friend right yeah and then work toward those yeah I mean I think something that I strive for is like uh <clears throat> being supportive or like uh, being a good listener mm. for other people who um, yeah are like wanting to figure something out or uh, being someone who always has good questions to ask or something um, maybe insightful or like is constantly curious mm -hmm. like I think as a part of asking a good question, there's like, you know, not just asking, like finding the right line of asking a good question that like prompt provokes more thought mm -hmm. and like maybe getting other people to consider something that they've never probably considered before. Mm -hmm. Like I say, I think sometimes you ask a question of like, oh, I've, I've thought about this many times, I already have a prepared answer. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, it wasn't that interesting of a question then, you know. Um, but I think if you ask a question in a way such that the conversation is like, wow, okay, now we're like trying to explore something together and this is new territory and like um, that versus like, you know, sometimes you watch those act actors who are on like a press circuit, mm -hmm. like they're promoting a movie and then people are like, oh, what was it like to film this movie? And then they already have, like, this yeah. prepared anecdote for yeah. it. I think, in some respects, that's how maybe we're trained to ask questions. Because, like, that's what's modeled for us of, like, you know, this audience member asking this question. Um, or even, like, at school, I think sometimes you know, you ask a teacher question, it's rarely in a, oh, that's interesting, let's explore this all. Right. It's often like, ah, I already have the answer, let me give it to you. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, okay, <laughs> that's a long tombstone. So, so well, <laughs> as you've been talking, I've been trying to uh, bring it down. So maybe, Jason, Hugh, father, or start at bottom, uh, bro, son, brother uh, let's say a husband father those are things you want lover <laughs> <laughs> and then um, support and um, support for those he loved comma <laughs> inquiring uh, or in inquiring into life or something like something about inquiry like mm. like trying to get into the deep of everything mm. yeah that's what I got from that okay yeah. cool I mean uh, yeah that's a, again still a relatively long tombstone but well, I'll yeah. take it <laughs> to pay for the square footage but yes okay. you know what I actually want I want I want a park bench dedicated to oh nice they have they, actually Queen Elizabeth they've had a few open up Recently. Oh, open up. You can have it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why wait till I'm dead? Oh, I want a park bench now. Yeah, you can fit that on a park bench. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know. Like, that's important to me. And I think, like, the things that I do, like, I often, like... I mean, that's what I think about when I, like, read books. Mm -hmm. Like... Or I read books or I listen to a podcast or whatever it is. It's often, like, to, like, gather speak talking points of, like, ah, 
I read this in a book the other day. Right. Like, I want to talk to you about it. Um, anyways, uh, oh, oh, I guess, okay, so I think, yeah, what, what we were talking about, like, knowing your end goal and then, like, being strategic about, like, mm. what actions am I doing now to meet that end goal? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess, like, a part of that is, like, Mm, I want to be someone who's like interesting to talk to so as a part of that I have to like go out and experience life and like pick up interesting things yeah read that, about other people's experiences yeah yeah, yeah. Um, listen to other people's experiences have other experiences mm-hmm. podcast with other people to delve into their experiences yeah yeah so, totally so I think yeah you're practicing that okay thank yeah. you yeah that's good um, yeah do you know what you would want your tombstone to say um No. <laughs> Not really yet. I mean, it's hard, yeah. Like, I kind of, like, brought yours in. So mm. I think it's hard to do it your own. Mm. So maybe I'll describe the things I'm going for. Please. Um, I want to definitely... So I think about, I think about John Green, mm. author and vlog brother. Um... And something I saw recently of his, where he, he talks about charities quite a bit in his videos and giving to charities and he tries to get, raise money for charities. And I was kind of at a point of seeing all this. It's like, oh, come on. Like, you're just always promoting these charities and it's kind of annoying almost. It's just mm. like almost uh, preachy. Mm. Like, okay, yes, I know I should be promoting to charities like, or giving money to charities. It's just, but in another video, he kind of said, when he was younger and had no money, mm. before he was like a famous author, he couldn't really give to charities, and and that's okay because he always knew when he had the means to do so, he would, mm. and then he was. Mm. He was promoting them and donating money and all this stuff. So I think for me, that's kind of what I also want to do. Like I don't feel like I can meaningfully contrib- contribute, maybe in like a financial way or time time wise. Oh. Mm. Some little kid just tried to steal your water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you too. Trying to steal my water and not socially distant. Um, um, charities oh, yeah. giving when you yeah. can. So, like, I feel like that's something I want to do, but maybe I haven't felt like I could practice in all the ways I want to now. Um, I think the ways I'm practicing now... Sorry, maybe I should expand that. To give back to society. Not just with money, Mm. but... um, To have a positive impact in general on Mm. society. Like, my existence did not just drain resources on the earth and create problems, Mm. right? I want to have a, like other way impact on like a good impact on the earth even if yes. like yeah maybe my carbon footprint won't be negated okay by the time I'm dead but maybe like I can offset some of that category from like how much work I did in this charity or something or, or maybe mm. like I gave back and made people's lives better through music mm. or through teaching and education right so I overall want my impact to be good and leave the earth a better place than when I got here mm. um I think that's kind of like my overarching goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I yeah when I have the means, I will I would like to participate more in like charities and fundraisers and things like that. Um, which is like honestly a good reason for getting a better job and career, mm. so that I have extra income where I can give it to people who need it, mm-hmm. right? um, rather than just working so hard and then hoarding everything I've I've worked for, right? And then building myself up in like a big house and yes keeping all the poor people away. <laughs> I don't think that's the way to build do it. Build a nice fence. Yeah, build a nice white fence. Oh, <laughs> oh. Pristine this yeah, fence. God. Yes. So, that's a big thing. Um, I mean, I don't really know what I want to do with music. Mm. It seems to be a big part of my life. <laughs> but I don't know why yet. Oh, that's interesting. Talk yeah. about that. Well, I mean... Like, you kind of talked about how there's always going to be, like, with the bodybuilder, there's always going to mm. be somebody stronger, bigger muscles. Mm. So, like, there's no winning in that way. So, it's like, what am I doing with music? And I have to figure out a reason for doing it. Or, like, maybe it's already there somewhere inside of me, but 
because I used to want to be like, oh, one of the best guitar players in this genre, or I want to write these compositions that no one's ever heard anything like it before, and be the, and while those things aren't maybe the best, but it's kind of like being standout-ish, mm. like I want to stand out from what I create, mm. but maybe that won't happen, because especially now, there are so many people creating music, right. and so many who are better than me, so like what, what is my impact going to be with hmm. the music? Hmm. Um, so I, I have a feeling it's more to do with improvisation and connecting improvisation and just sound waves themselves. Like the creation of sound spontaneously as like a natural and therapeutic almost uh, activity that people don't do anymore in general. Hmm. Like to be a musician you have to be trained, right? Like the, but everybody used to do music mm. at a certain point in society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of been lost. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting hearing you talk about... Or, yeah, it's so interesting hearing you talk about music. Or maybe this is the first time that I've asked you about mm. music. Maybe this is the first time I've ever asked you, like, Thomas, why is music important for you? Because I don't think I've ever heard, yeah, that perspective mm. exactly. And... Um, I guess another one of my blind spots I just always assumed of course music's important for Thomas right. but I guess I've never heard the the reasoning behind why it's important um, yeah so it's interesting how you just talked about it now yeah. um, like uh, I remember a conversation we had maybe it was late last year when I think your uh nephew was just born Mm. and how yeah I think it it was something along about um, like you said you wanted to I think we were talking about like writing grants and um, how like you you were kind of like I think jokingly complaining that nothing traumatic happens to (laughs) me and how can I like write about my own experience um, and it's really, yeah, just how that's, like, difficult. Um, and I almost think about, like, uh, you know, music being this medium space to, like, create something and to, like, like tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the story of, like, the life that I'm going through? Um, and, yeah, it's, like, you know, maybe you just... I guess, like, for you, creating music has been this, like, I guess, like, academic exercise of, like, getting to the best of it, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I guess sometimes I wonder just, like, where, like, what your personal connection to that is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. After seeing the academic side of it, I didn't love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of people come out of music school that way, too, where they just, they're like, yeah, I don't want to do this. There's so much competition and, like, bro culture. Mm. Um, So many, like, white males dominate that scene, as with everything, but, you know. (laughs) um, People just get disheartened, but I kind of came away in the similar attitude, but I didn't want to give up on it. Mm. So, yeah, it's taken me a long time to kind of put some thoughts like this together, but... Like, you go, you go, you ask somebody, like, okay, so in life, there, we've talked about these different elements of spiritual health, intellectual, physical. There's also, like, a creative uh, expression that has to happen, I think, mm-hmm. with humans. Mm-hmm. And even better if it's shared, mm-hmm. like, to create a sense of culture and society and connectedness. So art is, in all its ways, is so good, like dance and painting. Um, all these things can bring people together. But I think music has slowly just been dropping out as it becomes a specialized skill mm. like if you if you ask somebody oh hey do you want to like come over and we'll just like paint we'll just mm. for fun like I'm not a good painter I don't know how you feel about painting but let's just let's just paint and have fun and just mm. make something right mm-hmm. people will be like oh that sounds great or like you know those coloring books that are super popular like a few years ago mm. um, like yeah let's just color and express ourselves that way but if you ask somebody like, "Hey, do you want to like grab an instrument and go just go play some music?" They'd be like, "Whoa, no!" <laughs> like, "No, no, 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 no." Mm. Like, "Why not?" You're like, "Oh, I'm so bad. Mm. Like, it's been so long, or I never even received lessons." Mm. It's like, "Oh, I have like a little keyboard I can bring." You're like, "No," it's like you don't have to know how to play it. You can just kind of 
play it. Like, you kind of know how it works, right? Like, mm. yeah, but no. It's like, why? Mm. I don't know. So, so maybe the education thing is good to get everybody at a certain level of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we have that ability. Right. Right? Uh, you have had, like, people just come over and sing, which is a great way to do it. Um, mm. That's, like, the most natural instrument. And, of course, people don't have to be good singers to sing with other people, right? It's, mm. it's such a experience to sing with other people that, like, it's the communal voice. You're not really too worried about your own voice. Mm. So that's a good entry point. But, uh, yeah, instruments can also be like that. Mm. But, yeah, so it's, it's really good, that actually, that you've done that singing stuff. Uh, or just, like, a couple people can strum guitar or something while, to keep a background form of the song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I think I think I still always want to bring it higher. Like I always have this. I don't know if it's be academic or just like I always want to push things to the next level in what mm-hmm. I do. So mm-hmm. to get everyone to a point where they're semi comfortable on an instrument and know maybe a few scales, know their chromatic notes, um, can produce a certain tone, and then you can like group people together and do like conduction which is what I like to do which mm. is like improvised group music right with some person directing it so that there is like some cohesion with mm-hmm. it and it's not just random noise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's just like that experience when you talk to people who have done it for the first time even professional musicians are like whoa it's just such a feeling of being connected with others mm. so yeah actually really good I don't think I've ever really like thought about why I'm doing music or at least been able to figure it out a little bit right that's good okay so Tombstone <laughs> son <laughs> brother <laughs> lover <laughs> um, yeah father question mark question mark question mark hopefully by the time it's on the Tombstone they'll have figured I'll it have out I'll have figured it out <laughs> well maybe still some questions <laughs> depends how prominent lover is written <laughs> yes um, um, I think one word that stood out to me was like educator um, of like someone who wants to share like yeah like not necessarily just like be a resource suck but like to contribute back mm-hmm. Um, so that's an important aspect. Um, right, the education, or I think, yeah, quite passionate about, like, being able to bring other people up. Mm. That's what you said. And then, um, not that you said this word, said this word per se, but I mean, I think you got there in the end with the, the group conduction. Like, you just want to like play, like player, right? Um, I, I think you mentioned that with uh, your yoga as well. Mm. Um, like, you know, even if this isn't the correct pose per se, you're just like experimenting what my body can do. And mm. just like, yeah, just like. Playing with the movement. Playing with the movement yeah. and just doing like, oh, like. Can I put my foot behind my head? I don't know. Let's try. Uh, will I get stuck? <laughs> That's fun. Um, so there's that component of, uh, yeah, m- movement and mobility. And it sounds like, like, I think I heard, in knowing you over the past few years as you've been trying to get this conduction thing, I've been hearing, like, some sadness in you wanting to play, but no one wanting to play with you. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's just hard and sad. <laughs> um, and I don't know how to support you in that, but um, I think it's unfortunate, but like in part of like wanting to play, yeah, obviously there's like other people to play with. I want to like contribute to society and if that's my way then that's my way like I think equally important are all those aspects like a teacher for intellectual things Um, yeah teachers are like the crux of all this to pass on information I guess but yeah if if you're in like an intellectual field or a physical field like yoga instructor or personal trainer or something or you're more into a spiritual thing like the monk who taught me 
a, a couple of things. Not that I learned that. Like, I didn't go that enough to actually say I know mm. anything substantial about Buddhism, but, you know, she taught me some things that were quite important to me. And then creativity. So I guess if my avenue is creativity, then that's fine. Um, but, yeah, to be an educator in that and then to contribute or build up society somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, wow. I can just imagine, like, uh, someone with a, a chisel <laughs> chiseling all of this into, like, this marble slab. Yeah. yeah. Stop rambling. Okay, cool. I, I think that's our episode, Thomas. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Now I can fully crunch some chips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh.